you know, they experience. Folks, I, I got a couple graphics I want you to take a look at today. They kind of go right along with. Could you pop that first one up for me? It says, you know, a lot of times when people are decorating Kate's, they, they got all these different kind of decorations. This one might fall in the category of like maybe an elegant cake or something like that. The next one that I have here is one of those ones that's super artsy. That is literally two cakes that people cut up and eat and get ready to enjoy. And this last one here is definitely a kid's one that says, Hey, Mom, you're Barbie, and you need to deserve a bubble bath. All of the moms that are here today, you know you look like Barbie in your kids' eyes, and you know they probably need glasses. No, but you are viewed in, in your children's eyes as like a super mom, only for a certain period of time, though, until they grow up and start to know a little bit more like we think than all of us. Now, when somebody designs a cake, oftentimes you think, man, Whoever did that, that's awesome. Who did it? You know, did you do that, Sherry? Boom, boom, boom. And you kind of give Sherry a little bit of praise. And when I think about God's creation, and I think about women as being, as we'll see today, the icing on the cake, I want to give God praise for his creation today. As we honor you, we will honor God in his creation. And if you look at your notes, if you're new to LifeHouse, there's a set of notes inside your program they're that color and you can also go on your smartphone to your bible app and follow along on the bible app and follow along there too i have at the top of your notes man's greatest need and when i say man's greatest needs i went to genesis 1 and genesis 2 and i found man first of all you see it there meaning mankind's mankind all of the human race their greatest need here's genesis 1:26 god said let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and he goes on to say that they're to rule over everything and then verse 27 says this word so so God created mankind in his own image in the image of God he created them male and female he created them here's the thing about God There's no way possible that you can get a clear view, a balanced view, a full view of who God is just with the male species. Adam was there. It wasn't just him. It had to be male and female. We'll take a look at that. But not only was it man's greatest need, mankind, it was also men's greatest need, male, from the male side. Genesis 2, verses 18 and 21 Verse 18 says, the Lord said, the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a suitable helper. Now, everybody alive knows it's not good for men to be alone. Men alone get in trouble. Men alone don't know to pick up their socks. Men alone don't change their underwear. You got you know, God knew that. We know that, right? So, so here it goes, and Adam has is, is, is been created, and verse 20 says, he gets to name every one of the animals, But in among all of the animals, as they came in front of him, the scripture clearly says, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Verse 21, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was asleep, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. And what came from that? The unique creation of woman. Now, if you read the first two chapters you know that all of creation came from dust animals and 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 fish and the man came from the dust of the ground the woman came from flesh 
The woman was the most unique creation that God had created. The last and the most beautiful of God's creation was woman. And if you could put it this way, at the end of creation, she was the icing on the cake. It's what was needed more than anything. God's final words of creation was his icing on the cake, and you know how it is. You can have cake, and that's all good, but when you put the icing on it, it can become a work of art. Nobody, when the cake is done, dips their finger in the cake. No, when the icing's on, everybody's dipping their finger in the icing and then getting smacked by your mom. So in your notes, I have four things I want to talk to you about today, and today the message is basically based from what, all I did was sit down and I thought about my mom, Deanna, who's back here today. Thank you, mom. I thought about my mom. I thought about my wife, Maria. I thought about the godly women that they are. And I thought about my two daughters, one who's married, Elizabeth, and one who's not, Daniela. And I thought about them as I put this message today. That's why the first thing in your notes is I have uniquely different icings. The first thing I want to talk to is as women, as a whole. I did not want to leave out any woman, any one of God's creation today. I don't care if you're single or married or you're a mother or you're a wife or you're a young woman. There's two qualities I want to take a look at with each of these. And here's the first quality I want to look at in all women I see. It's intuition. You know, they call it woman's intuition. And and, and as far as the scripture goes, it's probably more of the spiritual gift called discernment. You know, uh, you watch a television show and you think, oh, here's a woman detective. Because all of the qualities that they have is as a detective. I have no idea how my mom caught me doing so many things. I have no idea. I've learned a couple things, like, you know, from from Maria, it's just like, you know, well, out of all the candy bars in the thing, there's 15. How did you know I ate one? Detective. Found a wrapper in a garbage. I didn't think of that. Women have this unique intuition. They have this perfect sense. When, when there are women in, in, that I trust, godly women, and they're in a situation, and there's a group of people, the women will point out to me with their intuition, that guy's a creeper. That guy's weird. There's something different about that guy. Now, I'm sure that's none of the guys that are here today. But they have this ability, and then you find out later, man, he is a creeper. They have this insight. It's part of the intuition. You know, Men are analytical. We're kind of black and white. A woman always comes and says, have you, have you thought of this? Well, it's just, you know, it's like, what do you think? I'm dumb, I don't think. But then she, she says something, and you ain't thought about it, guys. Which tells us they have this intuition. Men are like, oh, no, I never thought of that. The second thing that I see, and I learned this from my two daughters, and I know that godly women here, you're the same way because I know many of you. You're generous. When I think about my daughter, Daniela, she's a single lady. She has her own home. She pays all of her bills, yet she tithes a tenth of her income according to the Scriptures. And she does all of that. She takes care of all of that. And it's amazing to me what Christ does in her life. How he provides for her or he cuts, you know, this. And a lot of it sometimes comes from the church because we're family. Do you know whenever there's a situation come up every Christmas time, we get a flyer or a magazine from a Samaritan's Purse to help children and families in third world countries. Some of you know what it is. And they do the real practical thing is is instead of just sending money, you can buy chickens or you can buy uh, goats or you can buy a well or whatever it is. And she purchases this on top of everything else. When a missionary came through last year, 
She gave above and beyond to that also. They're generous. My daughter Elizabeth, on top of everything else that she does, uh, she has uh, adopted a, a child from a third world country, Compassion International. Some of you know that. It's on his pictures on the fridge. She sends a monthly amount of money. It's, you know, she's vetted it. It goes well. Whenever he has a birthday, she sends something special. Godly women, no matter mothers or not, they're generous. They're generous with what they have. They're generous with their time. There are many godly women like these who are here today. Your lives, you live for Christ. And you are the icing on the cake of life to all of us. To imagine what it would be like without you would be different, so, so different. And you are uniquely different in this world, and you are uniquely beautiful to Jesus Christ. To all of women that are here today, God's creation, the icing on the cake. And just so you know, that, that title came from my wife. She told me what to preach, and I did it like a good husband. This message, she said, she was thinking about it. And I had prepared something, and like a good husband, I set it all aside. I thought, yeah, that, that's good. And I just want to say, honey, you're, you're, I always do what you tell me, so you know that. So here's the message, bore out of Maria today. Here's, so here's number two. You know, uniquely different icing as a wife, right? I was at Bible study this last week on a Wednesday. And we were going around and people were sharing something. And one of the husbands spoke up and said, quote, I am married to the most amazing wife, unquote. And he began to list all that she was doing and all she did at the home and all she did for the family. And he said, thank goodness I can go to the office. What does that say to a man who will speak about his wife in public that way? As a wife, there's two different things that I see, you know. Isn't, women came last, right? They were the last of all creation, and whenever there's a wedding, who's the last one out? The last one out is, who, nobody cares to see the guys. Who cares what you look like? Just come in a t-shirt or a wife beater, we don't care. And the lady's coming down, that's right. But everybody's looking for the bride. The last of God's creation came last, the icing on the cake, and when the bride comes down she is the icing on the wedding two things i'd like to share with you today number one a wife brings balance she adds qualities to a marriage that a husband doesn't possess you know that's why the bible says male and female were created in his image now i lived by myself for five years i batched it for five years i never had a christmas tree and my mom would show up and say why don't you put a christmas tree up she called me scrooge and she showed up five years like that, and my mom would say, you know, she'd leave me a note, why don't you clean this pig pen up? And I didn't have the guts to say, well, why don't you clean it up, because you cleaned it up when I was a kid. And I didn't say that to my mom. She's Italian, but she got a good backhand. I mean, literally, I don't remember if in five years I remember anybody's birthday from my family. I kind of lived like a hermit. I went to work and came back home. And then Maria entered my house. And now it is decorated. And now there's a tree in there. Every season she decorates something. If you get a birthday card, it's not because of me. In my family, we celebrate Christmas when she tells me to. We used to celebrate on Christmas morning. She celebrates Christmas Eve. Yes, dear, whatever you say. Because if it was up to me, I'd give the kids 10 bucks for Christmas. But oh no, she's got to spend a couple hundred bucks because they're her kids. Women bring balance. And I love this clip. I'm going to show you this clip. I want you to... 
Okay, anybody that understands life, any husband that has a great wife, he knows exactly that. Though the Bible says that she became his suitable helper, she, she in so many ways is the neck. And a godly wife knows her husband doesn't always have the right perspective. He doesn't always have the right balance in life. And while husbands and men in general can kind of be short-sighted or harsh or, or quick to judge, the thing of it is, is she moves him gently to consider a different approach. And then when he accepts it, she lets him think it was his idea. That's the gift of godly women. The world, it, it doesn't even understand the role of a wife today. They, they think it means just subservient. The world will try to put a godly woman down and not understand why you do what you do. But we follow the scriptures and we come together, husband and wife, understanding each other and the roles. Godly husbands know all of these things about their, themselves and he learns how much is lacking and how messed up his life would be without his wife. For all of the wives that are here today, you're the icing on our life. You're, you're the icing on the cake. You're uniquely different than any other wife who are without Christ because you march to the different drum and the drum is the teachings of Jesus Christ. Number three, from others uniquely different icing as a mother the scripture says raise up a child in the way that you go and when they're old they won't depart from it and sometimes I know we wonder about that don't we and somehow moms you have found this ability to be liked by your children and seen as cool among your children and yet as a disciplinarian guys we're not real good at that but why mothers you're so good at this and that's why football players and baseball players say, hi, mom, and not hi, dad. It's because somehow or another, even though they were the disciplinarian, they still liked them. <laughs> and so I look here as mothers, and there's two teachings I get from First Peter. The first is verse 8, and the, and the second is verse 9. And godly moms, they know this. The first one is in verse 8. And Peter says, above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sin and I first quality I have from a mom is, is love right and the best way that I can describe the love of a mom is through the word selflessness godly moms live a selfless life see moms go without because they know that their kids when they grow up they'll, they'll never really know what moms do when you grow up you'll know or when you have your own kids you'll know but you know right now they don't really know they don't really know. They, they don't really get it. Above all, you have to cover over, and sometimes the love of my mom has covered over so many of my mistakes growing up. The times the police brought me home on my mini bike, thank goodness my mom knew the police officer. You know, how many things were we covered, that they covered up because of their love to change us and, and to move us in a certain direction? You know, every wedding, it, it seems like we read 1 Corinthians 13. You know, the love chapter? I, love, I wonder if this isn't for moms. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love holds no record of wrong. And on and on it goes. It describes the love of a mother. But verse 9 tells me the second quality I'd like to just share with you today. And that's hospitality because verse 9 says, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. You know, because sometimes it's just like, you know, man, 
Do we got offered up again? And I, I tell you, I gave my mama a Mother's Day card, and in her card, I wrote, thank you for just always making my friends feel welcome. Now, folks, my parents had five children pretty close together, and then a little while later, had a six, a six, six children. And we lived down by the lake, and we're coming and going all the time. I don't remember a time my mom said, you know, oh, well, get back to me on that in an hour. It seemed to us that, and I think about it now, it's just like we were the most important one, and then when Kay came up, it was her, or when Joy came up, it was her, or whatever. And, and they, my mom constantly put this spirit of hospitality. I don't remember her ever saying, I don't have enough food to feed your friends. I don't know where it came from. We weren't super, super well off. My dad held three jobs at some times. That gives me a model, role model to follow after. My mom and dad were awesome. Christian mothers, they're not always understood. You know, they're trying to protect their kids from bullies. They're trying to protect their kids from liberalism. They're trying to protect their kids from the sexuality that's gone awry in our country. And they're trying to protect them from evolution because evolution pushes God out and they're having to fight that in schools and systems and stuff like that. And moms, you basically, you're our teachers. You're our spiritual leaders to our children. Those are the two qualities, and I could go on and on, but moms... You are the uniquely different icing in your children's lives. No one else will go without like you will for your children. This to me, as I see and I study the life of Jesus Christ, it shows me how like Christ you are because you care for others before yourself, which is what Jesus was all about. And then lastly, number four, uniquely different, the icing as a grandmother. I know while spoiling grandkids is, is part of your job description, but a godly grandmother goes a little bit beyond that. Now, this May 18th, I'll have been a pastor 26 years, and in those 26 years, I led, met an awful lot of grandmas. And there's two different kinds of grandmas that I'd like to talk to you about today. First Peter 4, 7 says this. This is what they know and understand. That scripture says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Now, grandmas know, they've gotten a little bit older and they know you don't live forever. Life isn't going to go on forever. They're a little bit closer to heading on into eternity so they see their grandkids from a perspective of, ooh, I need to pray. And grandmas, your prayers are heard so often. Whether... The free will of your grandkids get to hear them or not, I see you, number one in your notes, as being the reinforcers. And when I say reinforcers, I'm not talking about weapons like Arnold Schwarzenegger, a machine gun and muscles. I'm talking about prayer and influence. Because you know in your grandkids, you need to reinforce what mom and dad are teaching. And I'm saying this, if mom and dad are followers of Christ... Because that isn't always necessarily the case. Sometimes you have grandma and grandpa, and they are, and then the kids, they're away and doing their own thing in life. So you're the reinforcer. You have to reinforce what the children's parents are teaching them at home. You have to teach them about God. And you're often teaching them about sin. You're teaching them about mercy, and when they need to know about forgiveness, you need to tell them, have you ever need to be forgiven? And so we, we teach them about forgiveness. And what do we teach them? eternal life because as moms know here the end of all things is near who knows when christ will come back who knows when a child will lose his life 
even before grandma or grandpa. There is an eternity, and so grandmas and grandpas are reinforcing and wanted to make sure that they have a, a thought that this earth isn't everything. The second quality I see in grandmas is they're an activist, not like those nut jobs on TV for political things. I'm not talking about those activists. I ain't even going there. Things go through my head. I'm, not talking, about, I'm talking about you're an activist. You know, you're an activist in your grandchildren's life because some of them that I have come across, their children are not followers of Christ. They're not leading their ways in the ways of Christ. And so grandma and, and, and grandpa, and grandmas especially, they're activists. They're there and they're taking the role of teaching their grandkids about Christ. That grandma knows that there's an eternity in her grandchildren. They're going to spend eternity somewhere. And if their mom and dad won't do it, the activist grandma does. I met so many grandmas. They, they take their grandkids to church. And, and you know what it is? The kids, they're like, yeah, take the grandkids away. We get to sleep in on Sunday morning, and that may be, but... The grandkids, they know that they need to be in church. They take them to Christian programs. At Lifeline, we have a program called Awana. We have grandmas taking their children to an Awana Christian program when the parents don't. See, here's the thing, grandmas. You retired, and you expected, you know, I got all of this free time. But you are so full of love and care so much for your grandkids, you're spending your retirement hours on your grandkids because you care about them. That's a godly grandma. Moms, grandmas, you're the icing on the cake. You're the difference in your grandkids' lives and they don't even know it yet. And you know that. And sometimes you wish you'd be appreciated and get that. In this way, I see you just like Christ. You sacrifice for those who don't even know they need a sacrifice. Different flavors of ice cream I have, of of icing in your notes I have, right? Everybody, you go to the store and say, okay, I'm having a cake made. What kind of icing are you going to put on? They got vanilla buttercream. They got this other icing, cream cheese. I just just don't like it, but I know all kinds of people like it. They got milk chocolate, dark chocolate, white chocolate ice cream. Icing. I'd like some ice cream. They have strawberry icing, raspberry, blackberry, orange cream. And as many different frostings as there are, you could put on a cake. That's how many different kinds of moms and women and grandma and wives there are. Listen to me, please. Don't try to be orange buttercream if you're milk chocolate. Don't you dare compare yourself to some other woman. You are who you are. Uniquely designed to be the flavor icing that you are. Be careful that you're not always living your life thinking you need to be somebody else. You get close to Jesus and you find out who it is he created you to be. That's why the asterisks in your notes, I have this, the last thing in your notes there. Your beauty shows us the full picture of who God is. Women, moms, grandmas, wives. We can't get a full picture of of Jesus, of God, who he is. You, he was created, male and female, they were created in his image. Heaven helped the world if there was only men. You wouldn't be able to find a clean pair of underwear anywhere. And there'd be socks all over the place. They'd be littered outside and they'd be on the floor and in your car and everywhere else. Folks, you can't just get a full picture of God with only males. Women, we learn that God is patient. Thank you. Moms, we learn to forgive. Thank you. 
Grandmas, we, we learn that God is affectionate and compassionate, and we thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, when it's time to cut the cake, right? Somebody's did some beautiful job on the cake. It's beautiful. When it's time to cut the cake, eh, moms have no problem cutting it. It's going to destroy it. It's never going to look. T- take a picture, put it on your cell phone, it'll be in a cloud. You'll, n- you'll never look at it again. But all she wants to do is make sure you get your piece of cake. Extra ice cream. But don't tell dad. Because when the cake gets cut, she's just thinking about you. And if the cake goes all around and there's none left for her, she's happy as a clam because everybody else got some. That's a mom. Today, moms, you, you remind us of the beautiful decoration that comes on cakes and you remind us how beautiful it is to enjoy life with every one of you today. I want to thank my mom. Thank you, mom. Thank you to my wife, Maria, my daughters, Daniela and Elizabeth. Thank you so very much. One last thing I want to say to you today. Oftentimes, sometimes denominations have a difficulty with uh, the place of women uh, in, in ministry. When I started the first church, I started Cornerstone. After about a year, I looked around, and somebody came up to me and said, how do you like doing ministry and having four women there running the ministries? And I, I never thought about it. You see, my parents in their sovereignty had five sisters for me. I have five sisters, thank you, Kay. You helped train me that in ministry, do you know that church with just, you know, guys were working. They had women doing the first four parts of important ministry. That church was reaching people for Jesus Christ. That church was growing, which lets you know Jesus talked about women and how important they were to ministry more than anybody else in the scriptures. You are important to us in our church and in our ministry, and we thank God for you. Father, as we close our service today, thank you for Rich and for Antonio just preparing this food so we could just say, moms, we love you. Grandmas, wives, all women that are here today, you are the icing on the cake. And so I pray today that as we thank you for the food that we're about to receive, we make sure that every woman that is here today, they get in line first, that this is the way it should be all the time, not just today, Jesus, I know that. But will you help every mom to know that they're the icing on the cake, whatever flavor they are, may they be happy that you created them that way and be just content, I pray in Jesus' name, amen.